All right. Hey, folks. So it is now the January Q&A. And just like with every Q&A, the ones with the most likes are going to get answered. If your question hasn't been answered, then please do ask it again next month. There were a lot of good questions. So this will probably be a three-parter. So starting with this question from Bold Omniman from Paris Butler, the main man, he's talking about specialization cycles for lagging body parts. So his question is, hey, Faz, you mentioned in the past you had lagging body parts for a while. Yeah. So specifically, I identified my shoulders and biceps were lagging. And later on, my mid traps. And I want to get around to how I found that out because it's part of the discussion. He asks, what exercises were the most helpful in balancing out your physique and why? Which were the least helpful? I reckon this will be useful discussion for many fellas in the same boat. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. Just to start off the discussion, I want to say I feel very comfortable in discussing this with Paris because he's a big guy. He's advanced. By any measure, he's advanced. And that's the first point. I don't think this is something that people need to be doing before they have developed a decent amount of muscularity. I was already a big, strong dude, just like he is. I think when you're still building up the majority of your mass, there's a strong argument to be made about whether your time will be better placed into just building your entire body rather than specializing on certain areas. So I wanted to say that first and now. Next, I want to discuss how do we actually identify lagging body parts? How do we identify strong body parts? We've all seen the what is now a meme, basically, of the guy who's pretty fat and he wants to get more muscular and he says, look, I don't want to put any more size on my legs because they're already huge. And you're looking at him thinking, brother, I don't want to be the one to tell you, but your quads are fat. They're not big. So you can only really judge a lagging body part or a strong body part when you're lean down. So once I finished my powerlifting career, quote unquote, I went and started to get leaner, leaner and leaner. And then I could start to see where my body parts were lagging for the first time. You can't tell that stuff when you're 30% body fat. You can't, it's impossible. So I decided my delts, and my biceps were lagging. So I spent a lot of time building those areas up. And then when I was absolutely shredded and on stage, the feedback that I got from the judges was actually that my mid traps, my upper back was lagging. They're not my traps. You guys have seen my traps. They're monstrous. I could only see that when I dieted down with an objective eye. So there's a two criteria for judging laggy body parts. You need to be reasonably lean and have an objective eye to cross check whether you are lagging. So be lean, be objective, and also have some size. So with that all out of the way, let's get on to the actual question, which was what worked essentially. So I think in terms of what worked for me, I wrote an entire ebook on this, which was called The Berserker. It was a shoulder and bicep specialization. You can get it off my website. I approached this in a very methodical way. So I looked at things from a top-down perspective, and that is I want to apply more stress onto these areas because they're weak. Now, not only were they weak muscularly, but they were weak structurally as well. My biceps couldn't take much weight. They couldn't be loaded heavily. And often you'll find this lagging body parts, unless you've completely neglected them, they'll usually be both muscularly weak and structurally weak. And what do I mean by structurally weak? I mean that the tendons and the bones and the joint structures can't handle much loading. They just give out more 
than another area. So I had to resort to increasing the frequency and the volume. Like if I wanted to hit them harder, it wasn't down to my execution. It wasn't down to my programming. I had to hit them harder across the week. So that meant hitting them more often with exercises which would target the muscle and not really place a lot of stress on the tendons, the joints, ligaments, because they couldn't take much. And so you're starting to see why the biceps are weak. You know, it's because they just couldn't take much loading. So I essentially spent a year training delts and biceps four times a week. Now, the question specifically is looking at what I did, but also exercises. So that's what I did. Now, the exercises, I, I use a lot of side delt specific exercises. My delts after that specialization cycle were ridiculous. And I didn't really do a great deal of overhead pressing. The majority of it was side delt exercises, just capping out the shoulders. And I got absolutely yoked. Like my delts look ridiculous. I had some fantastic results by just focusing on specifically the side delts because I was already big and strong. I could already bench a ridiculous amount. I could do chins, rows with lots and lots of weight, but it was specifically the cap of my shoulders, which lacked. So I needed to make them larger and larger to provide that illusion of size, the really freaky V taper. And that's what I got in the end. I did a lot of highly specific side delt work right across the week. At the time I was doing a four day a week upper lower routine. What I would do is I would do the heavier work on the upper body days. And then on the lower body days, I would include lighter work for the delts. So like cable work, machine work, typically for higher reps. So I had this sort of undulating periodization across the week where the side delts would be hit with slightly heavier weights, more barbells, more dumbbells. So like upright rows, side laterals, things like that for moderate rep ranges on the upper body days. Then on the lower body days in between would be much higher repetition, cable work, machine work, that type of thing. But in general, it was pretty much all isolation work. And then on top of that, just my regular chest pressing, bench pressing, machine chest pressing, rowing, chinning, all that stuff. Those are the exercises that I found the most useful. It was a case of hitting the right amount of volume across the week. The volume was the big thing. So I think I recall I was doing something like 24 sets of side delts per week. So that is roughly six sets per day, about one to two exercises. That was the delts. And then for the biceps, very similar. For the upper body days, I would mostly use barbells and dumbbells. For the lower body days, it would be machines and cables for higher up ranges. Same kind of thing. And again, roughly 24 sets. So 24 sets of biceps a week for 12 months while bulking, 24 sets for side delts. It works. It worked really well. That is what I did. However, with the proviso that both me and bomb are big guys, we're advanced, we're lean enough to where we can see problems or imbalances and it's worth fixing those at this point. Okay, really good question. Hopefully you guys found that valuable too. So next question is from Fahad. And he says, how does training change from being a novice lifter to an intermediate lifter? There's a similar question here from Yujirov Hanna. He says, how does one know when you're beginning to reach the end of newbie phase? Similar question, similar answer. Essentially, when you're a beginner, the gains come pretty simply, pretty linearly. The recovery is super quick. 
And so you can conceivably do the same thing on Monday as you do on Wednesday and be better by Wednesday. For a beginner, they could conceivably squat, bench, deadlift on Monday, come back on Wednesday, do it all again and improve. And it would be in their best interest to do so because you are trying to get the quickest result in the shortest space of time. For that purpose, you can just hammer the lifts over and over again and just get better at them. You'll improve quicker. You'll train each muscle more often. So that'll get bigger quicker. You will literally get bigger from Monday to Wednesday and then again from Wednesday to Friday and do it all again next week. So you have all the advantages when you're a beginner. Where a lot of beginners mess things up or cause super slow progress is they'll train like a pro bodybuilder right from the beginning. You are really slowing your progress down. You could potentially triple your progress by doing a full body routine three times a week, not only in the level of muscle mass you grow, but how quickly you get proficient at these exercises. These exercises are going to be your best friends for the next 20, 30, 40 years. So you need to get used to doing them. So for a beginner, you can, and I would argue you should hit each muscle group more often, hit each exercise more often, get better at it, and you can progress linearly. I wrote an ebook about this as well, which is called The Noob. You can hit the six major movement patterns three times a week with an exercise which suits you. So that could be a horizontal push, like a bench press, or a machine chest press or a dumbbell bench, a vertical press, so some kind of overhead press, a vertical pull, some kind of pull down or pull up or chin, chin up, whatever, some kind of horizontal row, that's four, and then some kind of squatting movement, whether that's a barbell squat or a leg press or a hack squat, pendulum squat, whatever, and then some kind of hip hinge to finish, which is a deadlift, stiff leg deadlift, good morning, hyperextension, machine back extension, anything which works. And in the beginning, you don't need much volume. You could start as low as one set and you could progress up to three sets per exercise over the course of the months. From what I've seen, the beginner stage will top out at about squat and deadlift between 80 to 100 kilos for multiple sets of about six to eight reps. For the bench, 60 to 80 kilos. Again, multiple sets, six to eight reps. And then all the other lifts, roughly equivalent. I'm not going to sit here and list every lift, but roughly about there. And that is where your gains will begin to dry up and you'll need to have more variation. Some of you will stall sooner and you'll genuinely stall sooner. You'll be like, okay, I've done all that. I've stalled out. For a percentage of those people, it'll be a dietary problem. So they'll be doing something janky in terms of the diet, either they're trying to cut and they're too skinny, they're not eating enough protein, or maybe they're not sleeping enough, maybe they're very stressed. Something is gonna go wrong in terms of other factors, not related to training. Some guys will insist they have reached the end of the beginner phase because they've stalled out when all that happened is they didn't know how to eat and they were too stressed out. But, but as long as you take care of those factors, those are roughly the numbers that I see. And at this point, I've coached for nine years, I've coached a lot of beginners from rank beginner to intermediate and beyond. So I've seen these things and you start to see averages. You might be the odd one out. Yeah, you might be. You might be the special snowflake, but it's also likely that you just don't know how to eat properly. When you're an intermediate, you typically need more workout complexity. 
So that's when you start to look into upper lowers, more periodized full bodies, push pull legs potentially. But in general, the first point of call is probably an upper lower. Yeah. So you need more training complexity, which means you're going to progress slower. You'll have less chances per week to progress on the same body part. So in the beginning, it was three. Train Monday, stronger by Wednesday, magic, right? <laughs> and then Friday, you're stronger again. This is good. As an intermediate, you're probably going to be training on something like an upper lower. So your progress will become slower. It's just the way it is. You'll only have two opportunities per week to progress. And odds are those two routines will be different as well. Hopefully that provides you with some clarification. I'm guessing you guys are both in the beginner stage. You should be following a routine like my noob routine, ideally. Following that, tailoring the exercise in the way I've explained and starting low on the volume and building up to probably three sets maximum per exercise, which would be roughly nine sets per week per body part. If you're doing that's the quickest you can go in terms of training. After that, you've got to put the work in the kitchen and you got to rest. I would bulk unless you are just morbidly obese. I would bulk. If you were like a bit skinny fat bulk, get your muscle. You let's go with the next question. So we'll go with Paladin dance, who is one of my OG subscribers. He says, if you're not progressing on a certain muscle group, how do you know if you need to add or reduce volume? I'll say this. It's not always a volume thing. Firstly, are you training hard enough? Intensity is always the first thing that's get that down first. Now, assuming that's in play, then you would also look at food, make sure you're in a surplus, look at rest, recovery, stress, all those factors, make sure all that is in check. And then you might consider adjusting the volume. And I've got some very simple ways of looking at this. Firstly, if you're not progressing and you are aching, you've got sore joints, we'll lower the volume. Makes sense because you're not recovering, right? Simple, isn't it? Now, if you're not progressing and you feel fresh as a daisy, you feel like you could do some more work, then odds are you need more work. It's that simple. That's it. It's literally that simple. But why does it get more complicated? It gets more complicated because people are constantly changing routines rather than adjusting their current routine, slowly tapering the volume down or up. They just completely change the routine. So there's nothing to compare to. That's where people fail the majority of times. And the other thing is they don't have the rest of the factors in play. I sometimes forget just how chaotic people's lives can be. 20 years ago, I was a student. So my life was a lot different to what it is now. I have a very stable life now. When I was at university, my life was all over the place. I'd wake up in the morning, go straight to lectures without any breakfast, walk half an hour to university <laughs> with no food in me, no water, no nothing. Go do my lectures at lunchtime. I'd get something from the canteen, which had no protein in it, just like a cheese toasty or something run around, have a cup of tea, have a drink, be back home at five o'clock and have my first meal and then go to the gym with nothing in me. People's lives can be very chaotic without them even realizing because they're not aware of these things. Next, we've got some couple of easy questions from Tech Texan. He says, firstly, basics to build wide lats. Me, it was never really a case of width versus thickness. It was just a case of getting bigger. Honestly, I have pretty damn big lats and a pretty damn big back, but I never once thought about the difference between width versus thickness. I think that's just a meme. If you're getting bigger, if you're getting more muscular, if you're working the back, it's going to get wider. It's going to get thicker. The wider my back got, the thicker it got as well. 
So basically, to build wide lats, get stronger on chin-ups, pull-ups, bent-over rows, all kinds of chest-supported rowing, dumbbell rows. Strong is as strong does, right? Get big, get strong on a variety of basic horizontal and vertical pulling motions. I always did plenty of both. Why limit yourself? I had no preference. Some people have this strange preference for horizontal rows. Do them both. That's just silly to me. It's just, it's just odd. It's like having a preference between squats and deadlifts. Who cares? You're training to get results. Just go train. You know, basically build wide lats, get strong on every back exercise you can possibly think of for a good amount of volume with moderate rep ranges. That's your key and bulk for God's sake, bulk. Next is how to cut without tracking calories. Really good question. I use three different diet methods predominantly. One is the classic macros calories. Second is a meal plan approach. And thirdly is what I call a habit-based approach. And that's what you're asking about. When it comes to not tracking calories, you have to have some kind of system. I teach a series of habits. That is what to eat, what to have on your plate, what types of foods to eat, what types of food groups to focus on. You have to have rules. When it comes to being able to cut without tracking calories, food quality is right up there. You don't need to be obsessive about it. Just eat your fruit, eat your vegetables, eat your lean proteins. I think you also need some healthy fats in there too, but I would minimize the extras, minimize sources of calories, which are outside of those three or four basic areas and continue to lean down your food choices. It's a case of restricting food variety, not food or calorie quantity, but you have to restrict. That is the definition of being on a diet. And the final question is from Leon. Leon says, good afternoon, Faz. Which split do you consider to be the most affordable to do for people with long shift jobs, like 10 hours a day shift? I would say it depends on how your shifts are set up. So some of my friends, they do shifts where it's four days on, four days off. Now for them in the four days off, they can afford to be in the gym for a long time because they only train in the four days off. So they might do a push pull legs and train all four days. That would be where I would recommend doing a lot of work on a given day. If you have a type of shift work where you're working 10 hours a day, every day, then you can't afford to be in the gym for very long because you'll be too tired. So then I would do something which is a bit more spread out. I would spread out the body parts across the week. So you finish your day and you might do two body parts. You might do chest and biceps. And then the next day you might do back as one body part only. The day after that, you might do shoulders and triceps. The day after that, you might do legs. And just make sure you're working your whole body across the week rather than doing a lot of body parts, a lot of work every single day. So it depends on what your shift work is like. Are you doing a lot of hours every day or are you doing hours in a big block with then days off? How are you splitting it up? How much time do you have to train? That's, I think, the bigger factor in all this. Yes, I will call it there. Thank you. All the best.